Portland goes back on their word and goes young. Yes. If they go back on their word to Dame, yeah. I will I will pay whatever it costs to sit as low as possible on opening night. Okay. Boo the shit out of that organization. Yeah. Until they either kick me out or I get to leave on my own accord. Okay. And then never ever go to that a game again. If they do that to him. Until they sell. Okay. Hello and welcome back to Say What You Mean. I'm Jeff. I'm and I'm Jake. <laughs> and you've got some feels. I'm I yeah, yeah. <laughs> well Dan oh there's, there's why just, am I so loud? I'm sorry if I'm loud too loud in your guys' ear. There's a lot of uh there's just a lot of idiocracy around. Yeah, Dame there's a lot of in the Dame in the news, a little basketball talk here of him just kind of not uh, not saying giving him an ultimatum, but definitely giving them an ultimatum. As he doesn't as he needs to. Yeah. I mean he hasn't for his entire career. Yeah. So you're just saying that if they go back on their word and go young and don't draft or sorry trade for pieces that a build to build around him, mm-hmm. then he wa- he wants to go. And if they do that, you're gone. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. I will. I until the Allens. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Tell Jody. Yeah. The, the sister of the previous owner. Yeah. Sells the team. Yeah. I will never show go to a game again. I will never watch a game again. I. I'm done. Okay. Like that's a trash franchise. Yeah. Because everything we have heard from Dame and from the organization is that they are in lockstep and to build around Damian Lillard. Yeah. And it's everything they've said. And I have I don't have any reason to think that they don't. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they're still Dame is still talking about it even after yeah. he talked about it in the in the uh in the exit that's interviews and he's talked about it now since he's gone into the off season yeah he's now mentioned it again yeah that makes me think that he there are maybe some rumblings where he's like hey like i maybe i need to say it reaffirm it like i'm not playing i'm not playing you don't use this top five pick but what if the number one pick is Wemby? what if they get the number one pick Mm, i don't think he can complain if it's Wimbayana, yeah, mm-hmm. you can't. Yeah. Anybody else, yeah. they got to trade it. Yeah. If it's two through whatever, yeah. you got to trade that mm-hmm. pick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, there's a lot of drama in basketball right now. CJ, in his exit interview, was just saying, um, uh, you've got to be available to play and just really harping on availability, which is targeting one person. Yeah. The, the guy who has a hamstring injury. What? Dude, they were the four seed when he stopped playing. Mm-hmm. And now they're out of. They made it. They dropped all the way to ten and yeah. out of the playoffs. Yeah, in December they were the best, the most winning team. Mm-hmm. And they have Brandon Ingram, who's an amazing. Yeah, Brandon Ingram was unstoppable yeah. this year. Yeah, he really took a step. He took his game forward. Out, gone, insane, Done. insane. Yeah. Uh, there's more. I mean, Lakers, uh, Memphis. Uh, the uh, Lakers Memphis series will be entertaining. Uh, it's going to be annoying. It's a battle of who do you want to lose more? Oh my god, <laughs> I hate both teams, but I am fully on. I'm full conspiracy mode on NBA. Oh, I think I think, dude, they are going to bring in their fixers uh-huh. and get LeBron to the second round. Do you think so? Yeah, I think so too. Dude, of course. Ev- did you see the amount of ticky tack fouls no, no. Minnesota was getting down 
Nope. But hopefully that's enough to make Cat upset and say, send me to Portland. You know who doesn't want Cat on the Blazers? Who? Danny Murray. Says, he says he's trash, doesn't want him. He also thinks that <laughs> Sharp shouldn't start until, <laughs> oh crap, Sharp should definitely start. Uh, all right, let's switch gears here. Yeah, nobody cares about basketball. No, at not at all. I got you something. Oh, that's right. I'm getting a gift. Here's this. Ooh, dude, that's so cool. Yeah. I love that. I'm putting it on my keychain right now. Show it to the cams, dog. Not that people haven't seen it. There you go. Oh, yeah. And I am recording, I promise. <laughs> the handcrafted wooden keychains. From, from does he have a business name, uh, though? He does. I just don't know it. So um, just An- buy him from us, okay? Yeah. Andrew <laughs> Dillard, support your local business. Yeah, dude, and by that, support us. Yes. That's cool. Uh, I, we are selling them for $10, so if you do want one, they're, they're solid. I think, dude, I mean, that is... That's some solid craft, dude. They're that's, sealed. That's they're a, nothing. I mean, it's not going to break. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. Sell them, Jake. Sell them on it. I mean, this looks like some <laughs> high-quality wood. Is this birch? It's... Uh, I don't know what it is, actually. Mm. Mm. It looks good, though. Yeah. You did a good job. Yeah. Do the bite test. <laughs> yep. Not yeah. going anywhere. That's solid, man. That's I, solid. I didn't even dent that. Nope. So it's there. It's on our Instagram. If you want to check it out, uh, just DM us if you want one, um, and we'll get it to you, whether I mail it to you and you uh, Venmo or something. We'll figure it out. Yeah. But if you want one, they're there and available. Second gift for my Jacob. Here you go. Ooh, go Cougs. Yeah, go Cougs. So this is these are all coming because I'm finding all these really great deals. Okay. Where are you finding these great deals? I'm telling you after I get or give them all away. Wow, dude. $5? Yeah, dude. For a golf for a whole pack of Spalding golf balls. From where? Walmart clearance. That's where I'm getting all these good deals, dude. Dude, yellow stickers at Walmart. Right? Yeah. They're insane. Did you get a cart to put all these on? What? Yes, I was yeah. walking with a cart. Nice. Because cart. I bought myself another a pack of balls because they're five bucks. Dude, do it. Okay. Got myself a Coogs decal as well. Yeah. Also bought myself one of these, but was like, I'm I'm just gonna buy Jake one too. What is this? Eight foot by seven golf practice net. Yeah. Dang, dude. <laughs> dude, it was so cheap. I was like, I have to buy this. I have to. That's awesome. Yeah, so I bought two of them. That's cool. Yeah. I'm going to go put this up. I mean, I know you hit in your yard, but if yeah. you just wanted to work on your swing and just have the balls go into a net, there you are. Merry Christmas. Well, thank you. Yeah, dude. <laughs> now I feel bad I didn't get you anything. You didn't have to. That's uh, that's for the, that's your, um, you know why I got you that. It's up to you if you want to talk about it, but yeah, I was just like, this, this is. I'll just say mean, it's for this. What do you mean? What that that stuff you dumped on me in the office on Tuesday? No, last week, while you dumped had Matt you. and I there together at the same time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just like, ah, we'll just say it's for that. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Dude. Thank you. Of course. I don't know if you'll use it, but if not, I mean, you can give it away. It's yours to regift. I thought you said that like I dumped a bunch of uh, garbage, um, like CDRs on you or something. Dude, I think that net was like three fifty. Seriously? Yeah, I just walked by and there was two of them there for three fifty, and I was like, "Gotta do it." Don't want to lose money on this. Yeah, 
I was in the backyard hitting balls today. Oh, yeah. I went over into the neighbor's yard, so I texted him. I said, hey, one of my – it's just those foam balls. Oh, yeah. I was like, one of my golf balls went into your yard, and he threw it back. He said, keep your shit out of my yard. I'm surprised he didn't say, Dino oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> Any bad blood between you and him no, after no, that? No, 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 you guys no. are all good. I think he's pissing you from the podcast, but that, that's just between you and him. Oh, of course. <laughs> really? <laughs> Oh, okay. oh boy. Anyways, so what should we talk about? Well, I got a list. I got a list too. Okay. Um, did you? Uh, first of all, just yes or no, gun to your head. Are you going to suck the Dalai Lama's tongue or not? Uh, dude, I <laughs> I just saw a headline about that, and he had to apologize. Oh yeah. I didn't know what that was about. They so. were there, like greeting the, these children were like going up and meeting him and the kid I guess comes up to him and goes can I hug you and he's like sure and he gives him a hug and then he like kisses him and then he's like do you want to suck my tongue? Do is the Dalai Lama married or does he have to take a vow of chastity? I don't know do we any know of anything this information? I just feel like on the heels of now I know nothing about the Dalai Lama. Okay, but I feel like. We need to religions, mm -hmm. institutions where there are men in charge. Mm -hmm. need, we just need to get rid of the vows of chastity mm -hmm. because oh, there is so much sexual. Their cup, their cup overfloweth. There's so much sexual <laughs> repression. Yes, as you so eloquently <laughs> said, that their cup overfloweth. Uh, that's a scientific term. <clears throat> that is the technical term. Because there was like uh, the, uh, the the Washington Post just released a whole study done in the Mich uh, Maryland mm -hmm. Archdiocese mm -hmm. about um, sex abuse in the Catholic Church going all the way back like 20 years. Yeah, oh, like yeah. thousands of victims. Mm. So we're like some par some uh, parishes had multiple abusers uh, as you know, both multiple abusing priests at the same parish at the same time. Right. I mean, that's not new. We know the Catholic Church does that. It's the, kind of their gig, dude. But it's their, it's on brand. I mean, but <laughs> there's a lot of... Their Tennessee mm -hmm. had it. You're the only 10 I see. It's true. I know. The um, <laughs> Tennessee did an, an entire audit of non-denominational churches okay. and found rampant sex, like, mm. sexual exploitation and abuse uh, at the same time. So I guess maybe it's not vows of chastity necessarily. Maybe it's just men in position of influence and power mm. uh, with very little checks and balances, yeah. especially in an institution where like this person is held up as such a powerful figure mm -hmm. who's seen in a lot of ways as infallible. Yeah. Um, but it does seem that the sexual repression part of it definitely uh, Made... a, a problem. Yeah, okay. Maybe maybe the kissing of the tongue thing has nothing to do with that. Maybe like it's kind of a Joe Biden hair smelling thing. Yeah. I don't I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But that's well, weird. That's a weird thing to ask. They they kind of like in the apology was like, this is the this is kind of how he rises. Like, yeah, funny, a weirdo, dude. I mean, and it just reinforces all the pedophilia uh, conspiracy theories. The rings and the people of power and oh, the. Shit. For sure, dude. For sure it does. Oh, yes. It, it, yeah, it does yeah, reinforce yeah. it. Yeah. I just was like, oh, shit. Those people are stupid for thinking But, that. I mean, there's a, like you're talking about. There's all this evidence of these 
I mean, it's technically, I mean, if you want to get real on it, most of these people are belonging to these religious, organized religion and institutions where these things are happening. Yeah, but do you but think they're it's, it's not, outward. but I don't think it's coordinated where, no, 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 like, no, no, to no. the extent that QAnon yeah, says that it in is. in a pizza parlor. Yeah, like, it's not coordinated <laughs> because no one can keep a secret. If they were actually talking about it, they would have all been caught, like... That's that's the thing that like we're conspiracy, especially like big time political you think with conspiracy the stuff too. Yeah, I don't think it was. I don't, was he coordinating with governments? I mean, uh, the in other world the leaders theory is that there's a lot of people on the logs. I wouldn't doubt it. Okay. Yeah, but I don't think there was like this. I don't think there was this mass institutional arrangement where mm. foreign governments and in, like, like international organizations were shipping around kids mm, okay there was probably i mean he had a, a network that yeah. he worked on an, in, an individual basis right, and he had right. associates who probably went to him mm-hmm. he was essentially running in a pedophilia business yeah, yeah, yeah but i think that was where that ended I don't, okay wait, yeah. it, there could be international people implicated doesn't mean that there's an organized international ring of pedophiles i didn't know that that was the conspiracy of QAnon. oh okay but there's a lot of pedophilia I think a lot of times, like yeah. you think about, like what you know, back in my day, I used to I used to leave my door unlocked, and we could walk down the street, and we could do all this stuff, right? That's but such I, a rose tinted view for of the past, sure, for sure. And I think about like just uh, maybe not specifically just religious organized religion opportunities, right, for these things to happen, but like Sandusky and like being like the leader of like this Big Brother program and like just destroying these kids' lives, like. It's opportunity, but it's also responsibility on parents to just not say, "There you go." Well, yeah, the uh, the former the <gasps> the doctor for Team USA women's gymnastics. Yes, there you go. I mean, the he was molesting children with the parents in the room, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Ah, oh, yeah, we got to do the pe- pelvic adjustments going through the vagina," and the parents what? were and the parents were like, "Oh, yeah, that sounds like a normal." procedure like and they just trust they just trusted him because they were so sucked up in the team usa gymnastics and you just don't question yes this individual because of his title and you don't want to rock the boat because you don't want your daughter you don't want your daughter you know miss an opportunity miss an opportunity it's the same thing with uh, i mean son sandusky yeah but the people above him Mm -hmm. uh joe paterno yeah yeah. namely yeah yeah um turned a complete blind eye to yeah. it and it wasn't in uh sandusky wasn't even the only person to go even the only uh monster mm-hmm. to go through the penn state program and be coddled or, or at least not shouldn't say coddled but mm-hmm. protected uh, protected yeah because joe paterno didn't want to mess with the brand the brand being penn state yeah so it's like institutional stability institutional um <laughs> I guess it's just the institutional reputation above yeah. health and safety of it completely destroyed that. Not that it, this matters, but it completely destroyed that program for like a while. Like they weren't even allowed to compete for anything, weren't they? Oh no, they could. Oh, then they, they had, didn't have any repercussions. They lost some scholarships. That's what. Okay, I, I'm glad that you confirmed that because I was going to say that I feel like a lot of time these crimes or these like individuals kind of go like like slap on the wrist almost oh absolutely um uh, baylor uh mm. the baylor bears football team when art bryles was the coach there he had to resign 
Uh, but he basically let he, and this is all go. They get the exact numbers. Go and look up Art Briles Baylor Bears. Mm-hmm. But for the better part of five years, he had <sighs> he ignored consistent uh, consistent evidence and mm-hmm. consistent allegations of sexual assault by his players. Like players who, and he was recruiting other players who were kicked off of other programs because oh. of sexual assault to Baylor and then not following up with it, not having any sort of oversight of these players right. and those those players committing a sexual assault while on the Baylor at the Baylor program. <clears throat> and Baylor is like Christian University oh. and they didn't want to, I mean, he was just like, well, you know, football above all else. I mean, we were winning, they were winning games and... Nobody wanted to rock the boat. Police were on. I mean, the police were ignoring. The police were ignoring it. It was full. Inci- it wasn't. It wasn't just institutional. It was community. Yeah. Community protecting. Yeah. The players, and eventually it came out after reporting, and Art Briles had to step had to step down. But yeah, man, it's just like program. The program is needs to be protected, and at all else, football. Football's king. Holy shit! And some of the in in a lot of those a lot of those places, man. Yeah. Football's king. No and even way. Like, even in Ohio and Texas, it's high school at the high school level. Yeah. Oh yeah. Protecting it's, the it's, players. It's protecting the players. Whoa, dude. People are gross. That's gross. That's why it doesn't need to be institute. It doesn't need right. to be this grandiose. Right. It doesn't need to be this. We don't have to go to this grandiose. Level, level to to, to it. explain it, yeah. it's happening all around us just by the willful ignorance. It willful ignorance or just absolute in a like refusal of people to do anything yeah. about it because their interests are elsewhere, yeah. and they don't want this inconvenience mm. to mess up to mess to mess it up. So continuing this talk of trauma because that's really what is the result of these horrific things. I saw an article. I sent it to myself from our Instagram. Um, sometimes I'm scrolling Instagram on our Instagram, and then I'll send myself things to my personal Instagram so I can figure it out. Oh, so update here from a listener that just that person that we were pranking the whole time is painfully successful. So I just wanted to put that out there. And it's probably because of me. So mm. I just wanted to note that. Cool. Um, should colleges come w- with trigger warnings? <clears throat> I need you to explain a little <laughs> bit more. <laughs> I figured you would. At Cornell University, the undergraduate student government wanted to require instructors to warn students about potentially traumatic course material. The administrators pushed back. Back last month, one student drafted a resolution urging instruction instructors to provide warnings on the syllabus about quote traumatic content that might that might be discussed, including sexual assault, self harm, transphobic violence. After a friend became upset at a novel read in Korean American literature class, the resolution was unanimously approved by the undergraduate assemb- student assembly. Less than a week after it was submitted to the administration for approval. The university president, President Martha Pollack, vetoed it. To some, the conflict illustrates a stark divide in how different generations define free speech and how much value they place on its absolute protection, especially at a time of increased sensitivity towards mental health concerns. Proponents of free speech characterize Pollack's action as a 
part of a larger national shift marked by the university leadership, more forcefully pushing back against efforts to shut down speakers and topics that might offend. <clears throat> Good. On behalf of the administration. Okay. Current free speech issues at Cornell is one that has been debated on campuses across the country. Quote, content warnings or trigger warnings refer to verbal or written alerts that assign assigned material, including academic writing or artistic expression, may involve sensitive and upsetting or uh, upsetting themes or details that may cause a student to have an emotional response tied to a personal experience. Mm, I I I I don't uh to what end? What what it what what is the trigger what's the I trigger? I think the problem here is with this particular instance is the attempt to mandate trigger warnings. And sure, I, it'd be and I nice think that that's where the ask for it, but yes, I, I don't. I I just you know what? Sometimes I wonder if we should raise the voting age from eighteen to like twenty five. Okay, why? Because of that kind of shit, right? But there. young voters are keeping Donald Trump at bay. Not necessarily. I mean, I read an article earlier today about all the in, the influx of young Gen Z voters. Eighteen to twenty one year olds. Sure. Nah, I, I don't. Th- I would have to go and look at the at the polling numbers. Uh-huh. But I don't think that age demographic had anything. I think it's twenty five to thirty five would be the would be the Democratic sweets the Democratic sweet spot that okay. swung. I, Eighteen to twenty one year olds historically have not shown up at polling. Pulling it at polling. Well, they're vocal. It's just they're, they're they, vocal, they, but they don't do shit about it. Yeah, they, they want do they want trigger they want trigger warnings. Like, sh- dude, shut up. You're at university. Whoa. You're at you're at you at you're at university where okay. you're going to be challenged. Time you're out. going to be Time you're out. going to be uncomfortable. You're going to sure. read you're going to read things I'm that are going you. to challenge you. I'm sorry. Like, you don't get to be protected and coddled at university but, because you're going to end then enter the workforce where you're definitely not coddled and you're uh-huh. definitely not in a safe space. And guess what? Like, you're not prepared to be in the workforce. But doesn't that mean as a communities and as a society we aren't taking mental health or trauma no, seriously? No, absolutely not. But, I mean, no, what... What on earth is going to be in a university's like syllab in a, in a class syllabus in undergrad that is going to be so traumatic to somebody that they have like some well, complete they just relapse? Said, like if there's like a sexual trauma or a rape and they have been raped and now reading about rape, it's like all of a sudden bringing back these feelings and trauma of being raped. Uh, I just I don't buy it, man. I, I took I took a lot right. I'm going to make you suck the Dalai Lama's tongue and then read I about took, it. <laughs> I took a lot of I took a lot of social I mean, I took a lot of social science, yeah. a lot of liberal arts classes and read about a lot of real like Let me ask you real this. like this, real fucked up sure, shit. Sure, but this is a but personal question. But that's how question. you but that's how you learn. Is there anything in that reading that reflects or may mirror any of the trauma you've experienced i can't think of anything off the top of my head okay i i don't know i think i just i don't mm, i don't i don't (laughs) i don't buy it i get what you're saying i do get what you're saying but i also kind of it's soft ass shit man when trump was elected our our university had like a had like a cry room for people who were having a tough time with the election. You and were crying. I was crying, but you know what? I didn't it didn't stop it didn't stop me from it didn't stop me from going and getting better, from learning 
learning how to. You ran to your car wailing, and I was like, "Jake, wait up!" And you were like, "Nah." No, I absolutely did not. <laughs> yes, I remember. No, you didn't. Yeah, oh, you parked in the gray lot, and I'm like, "Jake, Jake, wait!" And you were like, "Arms to your side." <laughs> That's definitely how I ran too. I probably tripped over and fell on my face. Didn't catch yourself because your arms. Because my were arms were behind me. Oh. Had my big box of my big bin of books. Yeah. No, that was that was before then, wasn't it? That was fall. Oh, that's yeah. true. No, I, I don't I don't I don't buy that. I just don't. I flat don't buy it. So, in the in the way that I don't buy it, because you know I'm such a, a psycho about the freedom of speech, right? But we had we talked about this before. Those people, the demonstrators on campus, and they were like uh, pro life demonstrators, and people were like, we should silence them, and being students were like being really aggressive to them. And there was another student who was just like one that you and I are familiar with and who was in our program and was like, this should be a safe space. And they're they're invading my space, safe space to be <laughs> here on campus and learn. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> and I was just like, are you effing kidding me? Now, there is I mean, is there or is there not a line of being too sensitive there is that, being, is, is that rhetorical? Because there absolutely is. What is the line? What's the line of being too sensitive? Yeah. <clears throat> when you re- and is that machismo? When you refuse to hear things. Okay. Dude, there's nothing. There's no words that can be said that. I I just sticks and stones. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's there's nothing that can be said. Okay. That can't. And if it's so wrong, refute it. Mm, okay. Explain. I like that. If I like you can't, that. If if look, if you if what you're hearing is so uh so innately ridiculous. Okay. That at face like you can't believe somebody is saying that. That is so fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. Racist, whatever. Right, right. That it just causes you one, you can either be like, oh, that causes me to stress and then I'm going to shut down. Sure. Or you confront it uh-huh. with your superior argument. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have a superior argument and you're like, I don't think that's right, go learn, mm-hmm. think about it, mm-hmm. get that superior argument. So the next time you are armed mm-hmm. to be able to confront it because it's not they're not going to go away. Those people are not going to go away. Right. The people who are saying the th- the mean things, right. they're not going to go away. They're not going to just <laughs> learn mm-hmm. that okay. they were wrong. But that that's unless a... they have been Newton Newton's third law of gravity. Okay, a object in motion stays in motion until unless ob- acted on by an equal or opposite force. Yeah, be that opposite force. Okay, so they are by asking for trigger warnings. No, you are asking. You are you are. That's no. Come on, man. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, that's not. That is. But your response to what you what you just said is a response to like the physical presence of these demonstrators. But what is the response to to material that is offensive to you? Material that's offensive to me. There isn't any material that's offensive to me. Hmm. I can't. I have not. I didn't read one thing. I'm not. Saying I've read. That. I have read ridiculous stuff. Yeah. Stuff that's like that's a dumb argument. You mm. know what I do? 
I push it aside and be like, that wasn't worth my time. Yeah. But also, okay, so you're not really... You know how many stupid arguments are out there in academia? A ton. For sure, for sure. Um, and, and then we hear our car- colleagues doing the, doing the same ones. Or worse. Um, oh, God, an undergraduate who thinks they know everything? Yeah. Well, and that's the first thing I read when I... It's like, of course, it's undergraduates. Just, and that sounds so hoity-toity and snooty and elitist and No, undergraduates are dumb as shit. And I was dumb as shit as an undergrad. For sure. But that's what I was going to say. So I'm, I'm, I'm obviously trying to look at the opposite side just because you're so fired up about <laughs> poo-pooing it. As you should. Nobody wants to listen to two sure. people completely agree. Totally, dude. We're so right. Like, screw these snowflakes. Um, yeah, but I did for, not call them snowflakes. I did. But for me, it was, it, was, uh, it was kind of that shock and kind of that, like, getting bitch slapped and getting offended in the material that shocked me into going... I don't know anything about yeah. what's going on. Yeah, yeah. I don't know anything about politics or history or literature or writing or reading. I am dumb. Mm-hmm. And it was because of the material. My African African American literature class, mm-hmm. dude. I read some rough material in that class, but it gave me far more of an understanding or ability to try to understand the African-American or African experience in the United States of America, Mm -hmm. the black experience. Sure. Because I read the gnarly things. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that a teacher doesn't go or a professor doesn't go, hey, these things are pretty gnarly, which would come. Maybe it's not on the syllabus, like trigger warning. I I feel like if you're taking a class, African history. Yeah. And you're like, okay, uh, this section of the syllabus says um, slavery in the eight, the like uh, the triangle slave trade. Yeah, the Atlantic slave trade. Mm-hmm. I would assume that uh, you've been through high school history classes. You kind okay. of understand. You've seen movies. There's enough media out mm-hmm. there that has betrayed slavery, and you. If kind of mm-hmm. if you've probably have seen Roots or Twelve Years of Slave or right. something that depicts it, mm-hmm. I'm just kind of like you kind of know what you're already you kind of know what you're getting sure. yourself into before you read it. What about like Korean American literature? Because that is the example that the article used, and I wouldn't know what to expect walking into a Korean American literature course. I would have to know the the exact example of what the. The for sure, for sure. But I took uh, global literature and learning about the um, indigenous people of uh, Australia and like the horrendous things that happened to them. But I think you just kind of have to understand that history is brutal and it sucks. And history should just come with a trigger warning <laughs> in general. If we're going back, it's going to be it's not it's going to be rough. Yeah, exactly. I mean. Absolutely, I think that's you. You put that, you put that right. I, I just, I, I just get really tired of <laughs> these social, you know, social justice warriors who like, I don't even know what their whole aim, like what their, it's like they all try to outdo each other. Yeah, they're out trying to virtue signal. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I just that is not what, that is not. They are trying to, it almost like in a way they are making, they are fitting the stereotype that the people who hate colleges or think what colleges are 
Like it's like you guys are steering right into that stereotype. Yeah. And thank God the administration is pushing back on that. So what if they made the request? Simply the request. Sure. It's, uh, you think that's fair? Fine. Um, but I don't think that uh, I think professors should then be uh, protected if they choose not to. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because, I mean, if if they if someone asks, I would like um, to uh, I would I would prefer a trigger warning. Mm-hmm. I mean, at what point does then everything have a trigger warning? Sure. Like, what what in history isn't? triggering potentially triggering right at some point if you want to do if you want to be triggered you're going to be triggered mm-hmm. i'm sorry like i don't know why i'm apologizing that's just a stupid <laughs> thing to say the uh what do you mean by that if you're just, at some point if you want to if look i Uh-oh, can say anything i can say anything is upsetting yeah to me and ultimately them say i feel like lost in this i guess not maybe not lost I think the unspoken part of this kind uh-huh. of stuff is control. I was going to say control, but also self-control. But go ahead and finish. I think they want. I think when they say like, oh, this is triggering to me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to read about it. You are controlling the flow of information. You are controlling what information is allowed in the marketplace of ideas. Oh. And I think that the, there has been studies done that mm-hmm. you know, the younger generations mm-hmm. The last group of millennials and then Gen Z yeah. have a lot of a different differing opinions on freedom of speech. Mm. Freedom of speech to them means that they aren't harmed by words. And they're fine with limitations on the freedom of speech because it protects them. Their feels. The, yes. Yeah. And that's author like that's authoritarian leaning that's book banning that's the kind of shit that yeah that's the kind of shit that no like yeah that hard no on that yeah those same people are against book banning yeah so i mean <laughs> like like i've often said trump supporters and yeah. the most progressives are this are just two They're, sides of yeah. the same coin they uh, truly are hair away from one it's another. Just, it's just a little different it's just yeah. a little difference in in uh who they're who the the portrait on the wall is for mm-hmm, them to mm-hmm, worship mm-hmm. one thing i was thinking about like personal uh control or responsibility is is how how hard is it to just email the professor and say hey is there anything in this course material that might be triggering oh, oh. just some personal responsibility yeah yeah <laughs> that's that's too hard because if you get a syllabus and one teacher opts in to put a trigger warning great there you go you can have a preparation for maybe what's coming but if another professor doesn't go out of your way and say hey because then what you're gonna do is choose whether or not you want to take that course based on something that's triggering or not triggering and if that's the case i would say that it's your responsibility to find that information out not putting the onus on the school, institution, or professors. Yeah, that's a great point. The syllabuses are too long as it is anyway. <laughs> but they're syllabus tests, dude. So you know you're reading them all. <laughs> I never... I had one syllabus test. What? hmm Dude. The... Um, it's the poli sign uh, minor. I poly- took all the English and they were like, <laughs> you better pay attention to that <laughs> syllabus. The... <coughs> I just can't Excuse I can't, pops, I can't imagine like every single line this could be potentially offensive to any Asian Americans, African Americans, Indian Americans. You don't have to Indian, say that. Indian Americans. You just say potentially offensive. Uh, th- 
as a general warning. All right. So every syllabus from here into in perpetuity. No. Because <laughs> you know uh, if that happens. History, yeah. history 101, American history, like American history, 1877 to present. Yeah. This might be offensive. Yeah. No shit. Well, and also, once you put trigger warning, then then there'll be there'll be push for exactly what you're ta- triggering to who and how. Specify. You can't just put a general sweeping trigger warning because then there's going to be a push for then, okay, can you specify what? Because that's too general and I don't know what I'm getting myself into. But that's why I think the solution is personal responsibility and onus on just talk to your professors. Yeah, this needs to be at a this this does not need to be at a university wide level. Yeah. This does not need to go to a national level of where like the federal government steps in or yeah. state government step in. This is a individual professor to student relationship. Yeah. Anyways, I'm glad that got you fired up <laughs> because that's all I had today was just making out with the Dalai Lama and uh, some trigger warnings. Well, I should have put a trigger warning Those on are that. some fantastic notes you took. I barely took them. <laughs> you had today off and you couldn't even come up with notes. I read them. I was playing Call of Duty. <laughs> nice. The new, uh, the new battle pass is out. Dude, and the new maps are out. And why do they do this? I'm just going to just throw this in here real quick. They put a, a night map on there. Night vision map. So any I'll sites sk- that I will you, be skipping that everyone one. was as soon as we got into a lobby, everyone left. Yeah. It tilts your gun to the side and you have the laser and yep. everyone's got a laser. No, thank Why? you. Why? Why? You, you got to put that specialty. Do not put that in yeah. the normal rotation. I don't come on. It. Call of duty Who wants to do that. Activision, you suck. All right. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give you this is a we're going to pick our. Um, you like my shirt? I do. You know, and I, I got out of the car and I looked at because you you greeted me with the foster son today mm-hmm. as i was walking up i scared i scared him because <laughs> he knew what time it was he knew i was going to disappear and come record i do i i asked him if he i asked him if that uh, little gym climbing, thing, thing, climbing yeah. thing you had was his and then he looked at me and then cried so i'm pretty sure i have <laughs> I, I scared him oh i was trying to be i don't know i'm not good with Stop. kids dude trigger warning you should have just gave him a trigger warning i'm not good with kids trigger warning yeah i'm this is my face <laughs> I mean, (laughs) not wrong. Dude, clearance. Walmart. Okay. Clearance on Walmart, really? How much? Dude, you need to be stopped. You're out of control. I'm going to go $7. 10 bucks. Okay. I bought two of them. Uh, gray one. That's. I mean, for ten bucks, that's a great well, it's deal. Like normal I, only, I only said seven because of like the prices on you said over here. Like I mean, ten, those bucks, prices is, were ten bucks is still really good. Hell on that. Yeah, dude. All right, so okay. uh, we're gonna pick. Uh, I'm gonna. You're gonna pick Ooh. our. Our. Uh, we're gonna pick our travels. Okay. Uh, galaxy cluster conundrum. Mm. Why humans are the worst species. Okay. Um, focusing on. Um, well, I guess. Focusing on uh, response or prevention for mass shootings. Okay. Um, Quote, get the little things right and you'll have 80% of your life together. Intelligence leak on Ukrainian war plans. Mm. Or um, controversial topic of the Washington... Well, gun control in general, but Mm -hmm. also the Washington bill that passed. 
banning assault weapons. Yeah, let's talk about. I know there's there's a couple people listening and are probably like, "Go to assault weapons." <laughs> Let's talk about why humans are the worst. Why humans are the worst species. <laughs> Dude, we talked about uh, trigger warnings in colleges, okay? And we poo-pooed it. That should fill your conservative cup overflow with. <laughs> like the Dalai Lama. <clears throat> All right. Okay. Why humans are the worst species. So is this uh, a claim that you're making? Or is it a question that you're asking? That's a claim. Oh, okay. So Humans are the worst species. Okay, okay. Uh, we don't deserve this planet. Are you Okay. Uh, there's so many things that instantly came to my mind on reasons why we don't, so it must be true. <laughs> um, it's... We are so you're not, not... So you're cool with me poo-pooing humans on our stories all the time? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Because <laughs> I've been doing it recently. Like, we are the worst! So... All right, little side tangent here. Okay. Um, you've heard me talk about Tragedy of the Commons before, yes. right? Yeah. Okay. The, the the writer of the Tragedy of the Commons, Tragedy of the Commons. It's yeah. a it's a political science conundrum. Um, Garrett uh, Garrett Hardin mm-hmm. was the guy who wrote that okay. came and theorized the Tragedy of the Commons as a collective action problem. How recent was that? That was back in the 60s or 70s. Oh, okay. So not that long yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, not as far back as like Enlightenment era. Right, right, right. Uh, he um, was so adamant yeah. that the world cannot be sustained. Like he, he was like, I'm going to bring this all the way down to the common denominator. Mm-hmm. Like, can the world survive with human beings present on the planet? Mm-hmm. And he came to the conclusion of no. So he and his wife committed suicide. Because he didn't want to be a hypocrite and stay alive. Because he was so convinced that human beings were so inexplicably tied to the destruction of life on the planet that we can't be on the planet. So he committed suicide. So he wasn't a hypocrite. Oh my God. Talk about being a uh, a real believer, <laughs> a true believer in your theory, I suppose. Holy shit. That is intense. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I would ever go that far. Although I do think we're the worst species. Yeah. I'm not... Uh... <clears throat> I'm gonna try to find a way for us to coexist with our <laughs> with our woodland friends. Yeah, and our shortcomings. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what is? Wow. Yeah. So. Wow. <clears throat> I just remember that. Yeah. So, um, it's we're not humans are not a. So I was watching a documentary about life in Yellowstone. Okay. In winter. Okay. Animal life in winter. Animal life okay. in winter. Okay. And how. Everything works, mm-hmm. even though things are dying, yeah. right? I mean, everybody roots for the elk to get away from the wolves. Right. And everybody roots for the otter to get away from the coyote. Sure. Because, what, we don't want to see anything die. Right. But something that I was connecting this to a line in Where the Crawdads Sing, mm-hmm. the movie. Okay. I haven't read the book. Yeah. But the, in the movie, there's a line that says, like, death is just a natural part of I'm just not going to say life but death is a, is there's nothing wrong about 
there's nothing bad about death. Okay. Because it's just all part of how the world works. Okay. Right? You can't have a functioning ecosystem without death. I agree. So, but, so, when like, watching this, the the coyotes, the, the wolves finally get the elk. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the, and the, the coyote finally is able to eat. And they're talking about how when they reintroduce wolves back into Yellowstone, that that cut down on the elk population, which cut down on, mm. which allowed for more wood for beavers, which then um, beavers were able to dam more, which then created more ponds for fish, which then fed the bears better. And like mm. the reintroduction of the apex predator back into Yellowstone created so much more balance. Mm-hmm. But everything exists, especially in winter, on a, in, within wolves are only killing what they need to survive mm-hmm. Be- bears are only killing what they need to survive insert humans into all of this issue mm-hmm. with our insistent need for excess mm-hmm. which throws completely everything out of whack excess and exploitation i would say yeah we exploit because we need excess yeah so we cannot with our consumption mm-hmm. patterns we cannot coexist with any other species mm-hmm. in the world mm-hmm. because we function completely different yeah. than any other species mm-hmm. because of our need for excess. Mm. Um, so, I mean, it's, I guess I just wrote like everything acts in concert except for <coughs> us. Yeah. We're the guy yelling dynamite. At in the, the con- environment. In the environment. Yeah. Right? Messing literally everything up. Yeah. I was reading that book you got me, the Through the Veins of Latin America, mm-hmm. and reading about just the complete destruction of ecosystems for the development of sugarcane fields, but also the extraction and mining of silver and gold. Mm. And like just destroying this natural environment ripping through a mountain building a a whole city on wealth and um uh what's the word i'm looking for pleasure right all Mm -hmm. the prostitution and gambling the city was rich because there was the source there then they were exporting it and then when there was none left that's that town is barely livable now Mm -hmm. and it's all done for exploitation in excess well look at the entire rust belt yeah the the uh environmental degradation from strip mining mm-hmm. um the pollution of water all over the rust belt from f- factories mm-hmm. and once those indust- industries dried up they left these shells of towns around them yeah with high poverty yeah and um yeah it's our i i just don't I don't know how we change our consumption patterns. How do you convince humans who are so used to free shit? Mm-hmm. To s- what do you mean by that? Free shit? Well, not or just cheap shit. Okay. Right? Like, our, as human beings, we have never been better off. Oh, sure. Yeah. We've, we've never had more access mm. to creature comforts, more leisure time, <laughs> more just ease of life. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there's there's still poverty sure. around the world, but there's never been more. There's never been less people in poverty, yeah, as a percentage of the total population than there have ever been yeah. in the history of human beings mm-hmm. on this planet. 
humans are living longer. Yeah. We have better access. We have better health care. Not for everybody, but yeah. for the most part. Yeah. So. What's the. What's how the do you. How do you say. How do you keep our planet from completely imploding on itself? Because the, the, the capitalist way is that you have to keep expanding. Otherwise, you implode. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Inflation is better than deflation. Mm-hmm. You actually a healthy economy. The only way for the economy to actually continue to function is if you have one to two percent of inflation per year. Mm-hmm. If you deflate, de- a decrease in inflation is not deflation. Yeah. As long as the economy is still growing, whether I mean, you don't want six percent inflation, right? Like we have now, which right. prices are astronomical. Mm-hmm. But one to two percent inflation per year is a healthy economy. Mm-hmm. If you have an actual deflation, so not just. Um, if a what I mean by that, so like if a product costs a dollar uh-huh. in one year, the next year it costs two dollars, but then the general price of goods dropped from an average of two dollars to fifty cents sure. then the following year. Mm-hmm. That's deflation. Mm-hmm. That's a killer for economy. Mm-hmm. Especially a laissez faire style economy without right. a lot of government controls to mm-hmm. help spur consumption, mm-hmm. help pump money money into the economy like the Fed does. Yeah. That kind of thing. Um, so how do you reconcile with the ever expanding inflation and capitalism with the ever expand with the ever expanding need Mm -hmm. for human economic consumption, Mm -hmm. human economic growth, and then our own needs to buy cheap shit. Yeah. Because we want the creature comforts that come along with consumption. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How do you pair that with a livable world? Hmm. We're trashing. We're a trash species. We're trash, and we trash everything. I'm, you know, all the all the the train leaks and spills and explosions and factory pollutions. All because we don't want to pay a little bit more. Yeah. For for something. Yeah. We want it cheaper, and we want it. We want it cheaper. Mm. So at the expense of cheaper comes deregulation. Oh, yeah. But also there's, you know, uh, cutting corners on the... uh, Yeah, but how are those corners allowed to be cut? You think it's because of the unwillingness to pay more? Yeah. Okay. Right? If you're you're in in a market competition... Yeah. In a, in a truly competitive market, mm-hmm. people are going to if if you're selling a good that isn't marketably better mm-hmm. than your com, than your competitor, right. no one's going to pay a higher price for yours. So you have to find a way to cut costs. You have to find a way to make your product mm-hmm. cheaper. Yeah, yeah. So you either have monopolies, yeah, or you have constant cost cutting. Yeah, it's a race to the bottom. Right, who can make the product the cheapest? Yes, to get more people to buy it. Exactly. Yeah. So once you have maximized um, how cheap you can make something, how cheap you can physically, like your comparative cost mm-hmm. of manufacturing something has already gotten to the point where it is low as possible. Mm-hmm. That means you are paying your your employees the least amount that you can pay them. You have paid off your, your inputs to manufacturing. So you've paid off all of the machinery it takes to make your good or whatever it is to make your, bus- your business function, all of the... Um, the 
whatever it is, the, the trucks, the trains or the, the, the manufacturing stuff, mm-hmm. right? You've paid that off. You have done everything that you can to make the product as cheaply as possible. What is next? Okay. It's finding areas where you can still continue to cut costs in a economy that is yeah. needs to be growing at one to two percent of inflation every year. Yeah. That is diametrically opposed over the long run. And the only way to do that is to continue to expand mm-hmm. markets. Yeah. Without an expanding market, without an expansion of markets, capitalism will die. Mm-hmm. So without expand, without so, there's only a finite amount of resources on this planet. Sure. There's only so much land. Mm-hmm. We will eventually mm-hmm. run kill everything on this planet Mm -hmm. it is it is inevitable unless we change on a societal level Mm -hmm. but that has to be done at the individual level yes a change in our mindset about how we view consumption about how we view sustainability and how we view ourselves in relation to everything else that is living on this planet right and how we treat or even our own pets is indicative of that that will probably never happen. That that change will probably never happen. Which change? The change in how we view ourselves relative to other living things on this planet. Okay, explain. Well, With how many? How many? Like how many pets are in shelters? Oh yes. How many pets are 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 just abused? Yeah, children. Well, yeah, we don't even care enough about our own species. Yeah, but let alone humans are garbage. Yeah, they're garbage. Um, everything you just explained, as far as like the inevitability, is a hundred percent the argument that Thanos makes for needing to destroy and get rid of half of the universe, or the gal, or the yeah, the universe is finite resources, and by removing. Half of populations of every living creature across the universe will allow more time for species across the universe to continue living comfortably and thrive in a healthy manner. Watch it. <laughs> Driving me insane. I don't, need, I don't need to watch it because I don't need introduction to those <laughs> concepts. No, but it's fun the, the to the, look at the, them. The great, way about, the great thing about sci-fi is that it introduces you to complex <laughs> Oh, cons- okay, yes. It introduces you to complex concepts that, well, you, you, wouldn't, that, you, wouldn't, that you wouldn't otherwise be introduced <laughs> to. Sure. That would just be kind of boring this for me. This bores me. Tell me about the gun law in Washington, because I'm I'm sure you saw my post. I did, which is a hundred percent just trolling people. I figured. Okay. I figured. Okay. Because I was like, ooh. At first, I was like, I don't know how I feel about that one. <laughs> not that it matters. You can have yeah. your opinion. Like, I'm not going to be mad at you for your. I didn't even read the legislation. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I just saw that people were poo pooing it. Yeah, of and course. I was like, all right, I'm just going to throw this up here and see if I get any responses, which I did. Both both sides, both both loud sides of this are just dumb. Yeah. Unless what? you're unless you're trolling and then you're just having fun with What's it. What's up? But. That's definitely what I'm doing, and that's always what I'm doing. And I wish some members of the audience would understand that. <laughs> um, what did you? I'm assuming you read it. Yeah. Okay. What's the word? 
the word is um, assault weapons, uh-huh. assault style weapons, mm-hmm. which are defined in the bill is essentially, without getting into the complete specifics yeah, yeah, yeah. of it, anything that is an AR-15, an AK-47, anything that looks like that as a semi-automatic rifle okay. is um, considered an assault rifle. Okay. Uh, I mean, it kind of sucks because there are some hunting rifles that mm-hmm. you would look at and be like, oh, that's not an assault rifle. But mm-hmm. by definition, mm-hmm. it falls under semi-automatic okay. rifles. So okay. if it's a semi-automatic, which means um, semi-automatic, you know, one pull of the trigger, the mechanism of the action uh, uses the expelled gases from the cartridge to cycle the bolt, expelling the expent cartridge and picking up a new one from a magazine and loading it and self-loading it mm-hmm. for the next round. So one round per trigger pull. You don't have to right. manually cycle the action at all. Okay. In addition to having a rifled bore and shoots a solid projectile, that's kind of like if it meets that basic criteria, okay. it's considered an assault rifle. Okay. The... What is not banned is semi-automatic shotguns, um, which okay. is what I use for hunting. Okay. Um, so if you're a duck hunter, use a semi-automatic shotgun. It does not consider an assault rifle because it is missing one of those three key components. Oh, okay, okay. It does not have a rifled bore. Right. And does not, doesn't necessarily shoot a solid projectile, mm-hmm. although it can with a slug. Right. Um, if it's a semi-automatic shotgun that shoots a slug... That actually does fall under that is that oh. is a thing that does fall under the law. The law. The proposed law. So I mean, yes. Was it written by gun experts? No. But okay. as far as the bill goes, it expands on uh sixteen nine it expands on whatever that one was. Sixteen nineteen? Six, no, not sixteen nineteen. That's the New York Times project. Oh, that's right. Uh, it's like <laughs> I cannot why can I not remember it? Uh, 1693. There you go. Good job. Um, it expands on 1693. Basically, uses 1693 as a framework. Okay. And then just kind of builds on it. Okay. It, it, it takes what 1693 does, uh, identified as assault weapons, okay. and then just stop the future transfer, sale, of, okay. and building of them in the state. Okay. Um, Is this happening elsewhere? There's other states that have already done it. Okay. I would imagine Oregon will not... Fi- what happens in Oregon... Happens in Washington and vice versa. Whichever okay. one does it first. Sure. Um, the other one ends up either equaling it or outmatching it. So I'd imagine Oregon mm-hmm. will have a bill not too much longer. Okay. Um, I disagreed with a lot of people that this should have gone. If you were a gun component, uh-huh. a gun proponent, like a gun rights proponent, and you sure. thought that this bill was not right, you wouldn't have agreed with it. I think you would have lost either way if this had gone to the vote of the people because oh. 1693 passed by 20 points. Yeah. Name me one other thing that has voted by the, like, that has mm-hmm. won by 20 points when the people have voted for it. Right. That's a good um, point. Right. Like, yeah. you weren't going, you had even less chance. Yeah. Because the only reason why a lot, most sweeping national legislation has not been passed mm-hmm. because you're in the minority if you are full on no gun, like, if you believe in no gun control at all. Uh-huh. Or expanding gun control past where it's at right now, right. like any future gun, like leave it as it is. Yeah, no touching it at all. You are in the far minority, yeah. right? So you're you are fortunate that we have a republic with representative democracy, mm-hmm. with a representative republic at the federal level that is keeping that people can't people around the country cannot vote on these things at the national right. level. Otherwise, we right. would have already had a lot tighter gun yes. restriction, yes. right? So. Washington, I mean, I'm sorry to say, you live in a state where twenty there's a 20-point difference between 
wanting to ban assault rifles yeah. and not wanting to ban assault rifles. Okay. Like that's just kind of where maybe it's not exactly 20%. Sure. I wouldn't imagine there was probably maybe a 5% difference between people who were fine with 1693, but wouldn't go as far to like ban the sale, future sale of them. Right, right. You are grandfathered in if you own one prior to the sense. law going into that effect because there is no, in the United States, there is no precedent for confiscation. Sure, sure. New York is the only one that I can think of that was like basically, if you have it after the passing of it, then you were considered, a, you, it's a class C felony, Jesus. I think, in New York. So they people actually had to sell them either wow. as a buyback program with the yeah. state or transfer them out of the state. Wow. Okay. Um, New York is, and uh, so far that is held. Nobody's really challenged it. Mm-hmm. The thing with the Second Amendment, what makes the Second Amendment so hard is like the the key, the core, fundamental constitutional rights in the mm-hmm. Bill of Rights: freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, freedom of the press. All of that has like long, lengthy court decisions affirming and reaffirming what is protected speech all of that stuff the second amendment has two major court cases Mm -hmm. two Mm -hmm. in the history of the supreme court they have heard two right pieces of gun legislation challenging uh the washington's the uh washington dc uh handgun ban Mm -hmm. and then um challenging the chicago handgun ban Mm -hmm. both of those they were overturned Mm -hmm. so it has seemed to me that the Supreme Court just at whether what no matter what side mm-hmm. just is not picking up challenges to gun laws. Okay. They're kind of letting the lower circuit courts or the states mm. themselves make those decisions. Sure. And they're not making determinations on gun mm. rights. So it's really hard to say what is constitutional was and isn't yeah. constitutional yeah, yeah. because it doesn't have precedent. There's decision. no precedent. Yeah. There's no precedent. So it kind of states are kind of left up to be able to do whatever the hell they want to do. Right, right. What does uh, shall not be infringed really mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. In the context of the Second Amendment. <laughs> so, so like <clears throat> the the calls of like this is unconstitutional. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. You can't really make that argument because the people the the branch of the government that is in charge of assigning constitutionality yeah. hasn't really said anything about okay. it. Okay. Okay. I, 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 that's, that was wonderful what you just said. And I would say that if I hope for anything, and I think you you might agree on this is hopefully if the States continue to make their own decisions and you see pushback and challenges, maybe enough will force them to make decisions on constitutionality of all of these laws. Mm-hmm. If it ever reaches that I would say that it would be, and I think you would agree, that it would be most beneficial to have that body make more decisions regarding gun legislation. So, in the passing of these gun laws, I find it celebratory in hopes that it would prompt more decisions by the Supreme Court to then, as a nation, have an understanding of what is constitutional and not does that make sense yeah absolutely okay. i mean i think there's there needs to stop there needs to be less of a debate over the uh, the original intent of the second amendment yeah we need we need to have that hammered out yeah, yeah. so that ambiguity goes away and 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 I, I would say that like yes while I, I made that post it was trolling that is kind of the thought process i had look 
the state has made a decision. This will lead to something. And that something 100% will be a, a decision at a higher level, which just furthers the the consensus on the Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. So maybe it gets completely thrown out and it doesn't. it's not confirmed. Great. At least that is progress to me. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't mean that I necessarily want them all banned or do not want them all banned. If anything, I am encouraged by oh this is going to sound conservative by the institutions and processes of developing an understanding of the constitution damn dude that's so conservative <laughs> but that's my hope when i post things like that and that's well, when i post things like that and i'm and i'm just like greatest state in the union that language is inflammatory and trying to poke at them sure. right absolutely but really if they were to say hey, and one of my friends did he said dude <laughs> He's like, what are you talking about? And he's he's a he's an anti-government military sure. guy. And I'm just like, dude, this will lead to something. That's all I'm asking is whether it, it's at some level a further fleshing out of our understanding at a national level or maybe further understanding at a state level of what this means in regards to the Constitution. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a. I mean, I think that's a good point as far as like. I mean, so that is the, I think the, that's like the, the real like 10,000 foot view of this all. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The policy sure. surrounding it, the, the law surrounding it. Um, Just grinding it through the machine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I think there's also, there's a very humanistic aspect to this all, right? Like, okay. I mean, these guns are used in horrendous crimes. Yeah. And also on the flip side of it, there are now tens of thousands of people if not more than tens of thousands of people who now are affected by this bill yeah who would never use those guns in that way in that way there are millions of those guns in gun safes around the world around the country 99 percent Uh of those guns will never be used in a crime yeah and it sucks yeah it sucks that a small minority mm. of adolescent brained yeah. narcissistic assholes yeah Sim- what was it simps simps <laughs> whatever you want to call them yeah <clears throat> are causing such an over uh, causing such a reaction i don't want to say overreaction no because tool matters yeah right the tool matters and to pretend that it doesn't mm-hmm. is ignorant yeah they are not as lethal and they are not as efficient without these tools yeah those individuals are those individuals yeah. um yes a trained individual can use a bolt action just as effectively but these are not trained individuals these are call of duty bros these are people who think like they don't know what they're doing they're spraying and praying on children yeah they are going after soft targets people who cannot defend themselves because at the they are so afraid of confrontation. Mm-hmm. They don't want confrontation. No. These people are soft-minded. These people are... I read an article that called them lost boys. And mm. I thought that was a really apt way of, of um, saying this. I want to read this excerpt from The Atlantic okay. that I uh, Was that where it was from? Yeah. I love Peter Pan. <laughs> no, this is not quite a Peter Pan okay. thing. So um, it's, it's titled, Society Cannot Be Held Hostage to the Insecurities of a Small Group. Yeah. 
um, and then goes on to say, of males and arrested adolescents, yeah. no matter how dangerous they may be. Yeah. The argument goes on to say, yes, the country is awash in guns. Yes, depression seems to be on the rise in young people. Yeah. Yes, extremists are use, are using social media to fuse together atomized losers into, ex, into explosive compounds. Yeah. But the raw materials for all of the violence is mostly a stream of lost young men. Mm-hmm. Um, the real mal- uh, malady afflicting these men is the deluge of narcissism in mm. the modern world, especially among failed to launch young men yeah. whose injured grandiosity leads them to blame others for their own shortcomings and insecurities and seek revenge. Mm. Narcissism is a common malady for the lost boys. It is the, it is the indispensable, Dispensable primer for a bomb whose core is an unstable mass of insecurities about masculine identity. <coughs> Nicholas continues, but he notes that it's important to distinguish lost boys from toxic men. Mm, the problem of yeah. toxic masculinity is real, but the swaggering jerks and violent abusers who sometimes become a threat to their partners and <laughs> yeah. the, themselves are distinct from yeah. the insecure man boys who decide to prove their worth or just to prove that their existence that they exist mm-hmm. by committing extraordinary acts of mass murder. Yeah. And in general, toxic men are easy to spot. Mm-hmm. The lost boys are, by their nature, usually invisible until they strike. Mm. That is very well written. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm, I'm going to ask you something. This is a little off topic real quick. Um, did you have like a major pro? What was your your path in high school like? So would, when so when you started, was there like state testing, state requirements? Did you get into like some? Um, let me just explain real quick. So I was talking with Alex; she was over, and we were talking about kind of her requirements as a student. And then we were my sister and I were talking about our requirements, which changed after my sister graduated. And what it was was that there were these like um um uh, hospitality and whatever there was education there was um uh, uh mechanics or whatever there was all these like subgroups right that you could you could essentially get into a program in high school yeah and you would have to ch- and I remember so freshman year they were like what do you want to do with your life and i was like I don't know. And they're like, well, you have to choose either the hospitality route, either the mechanics route, either the education route, either, you know, you had to choose. And so I remember, I think I chose teaching. And so then it was like, here are your core classes, but you have to take classes that are also geared towards making you a teacher. And I think at like 15 years old, I don't know what the F I'm doing. But because I committed to a track, I couldn't then... I would see all my friends doing the the hospitality and they'd be like going on field trips to like OMSI or wherever and mm-hmm. doing all these fun things and seeing what yeah. hospitality as a, a career looks like. And I'm like, dude, I kind of want to take that class so I can go and do that fun shit. No, you can't take that because you've told you've, you've pick the teaching track so you can only do teaching for tomorrow where you go and you help at youth at risk youth, which I did. And I'm like, and they were shitheads to me. And it was like, I, and I'm not making an excuse, but I'm just I'm just thinking about like as a society and as like kind of these institutions funnel us into or pigeonhole us into certain things. And I and it made me think about because you were talking about the the indecisiveness or the late bloomers or the inability to like understand their place in the world. And I'm thinking about the way that I was kind of put on this conveyor belt and sent on 
without any check-ins or consideration mm-hmm. on like, oh, shit, Jeff isn't coming to school at all. He's only coming to one class. Well, let's just kick him out. Mm-hmm. That definitely led me to a place of feeling lost and feeling like I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. And so I just got into warehouse working and then got into, you know, the 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 logistics industry. Right. Mm-hmm. Until somebody came into my life and said, why don't you go back to college? And I'm like, I can't go to college. I have my GED. No, you definitely can. And it's that it's those missing people. Mm-hmm. But it's also yeah. these 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 machines that kind of just push you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think the common denominator between these mass shooters yeah. and the serial killers of the past generation yeah. is driving them is the inability, like the lost boys. Yeah. Is not being seen. Yeah, I think being seen is such a big part of it, right? Mm-hmm. And this, they feel like this is the only way they can be seen. Mm-hmm. They get lost. They get lost in that on that conveyor belt, like yeah. you said. Like there's nobody to intervene when they're slipping towards darkness. Yes, and that's actually what this article, the writer of this article, suggests. Nichols is yeah. the author. Suggests the solution is to start talking more about specific problem about the specific problem of dangerous male immaturity Mm. without falling into the endless loops about gun control, public health, or toxic masculinity. We can, in schools and colleges, pay closer attention to the boys and young men who seem to be sliding towards darkness, Mm. perhaps with more attempts to pull them towards a community or into mentorship with older men. At the least, we should be able to find a way to engage in gentle interventions early Mm -hmm. rather than face more drastic consequences later. Yeah. So really, it comes down to, it takes a village. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not the kind of villages we spoke about at the beginning of the <laughs> podcast. No. It's in, you know, but that's also something you have to consider. Absolutely, people consider that. Who is safe and who isn't safe as an adult, right? Mm-hmm. But if you know you are in a safe, you are in a safe adult, then you see, like, I don't know. I don't have any. I just checking in, saying, "Hey, how are you?" Mm-hmm. teachers in that position hey how's it going how are you how's life you okay I, I don't know that is enough sometimes to at least feel like somebody gave a shit in my in my lost track through school i did have teachers come in and say hey i care about you a lot and i want to see you see you succeed and that was enough for me mm-hmm. and now when i see those teachers they still say that yeah that is enough for some kids sometimes, and it's just being seen. When when the system and the administrators didn't give a shit about me and were willing to throw me out at a moment's notice without asking any questions, the other – and I didn't have male figures growing up. My dad was in prison my whole – like for like 10 years of my childhood, and then you know I had my stepdad eventually, but there was a window there of me having zero male guidance. And mm-hmm. then I remember I would go to Boys and Girls Club all the time. When my dad went to prison, I my mom was taking us to Boys and Girls Club all the time. And there was this leader there, and I can't remember his name. But I thought he was the coolest thing since sliced bread. He was just a goofy dude, and he would like always – like he was just a fun guy, and he was a great leader. So much so that at one of my birthdays, it had to have been my like 11th or 12th birthday – I invited him to my birthday party, and he came really? with his girlfriend, and they got me, like, these cool little, like, fun gifts, like those rocket things you shoot in the air, like silly things mm-hmm. like that. Not standard, like, action figures, but fun activity gifts. And I don't think I've ever talked about that. Wow. Yeah. But that is the kind of 
I think thing that you're talking about mm-hmm. in in a very trauma ridden childhood, there are these figures that just poked in a little bit and said, "You you all right? No, I'm not. Okay, what's going on?" And then helped me, helped guide me. Mm-hmm. I I still went down a terrible path and made terrible adult decisions, but eventually I found my way. You know, and I think I think that it, it was yeah. But there was enough intervention to keep you from getting worse yeah i think that that's what i'm the key is is like ultimately was jen's intervention to cap cap that you know developing brain to say True. hey bro your brain's just about at the point where you can make your own decisions yeah you need to go back to college oh okay yeah <laughs> but i think that that author that's a great article mm-hmm. and i think that that i can relate to a lot not that i'm a mass shooter or whatever but this concept of a lost boy and this concept of feeling unseen mm-hmm. um I think it can be relatable. I think there's so many times where so many of us do feel unseen, but it's that continued, like, continued life of not feeling noticed or like you matter or that, um, I I don't know. Yeah, but then I think the what they also, absolutely. Sure. I think then you times that by the current stress of this idea of what, right? So they, they think that, one, they're being... It gets weaponized because then they think like all of like that feeling of insecurity, feeling lost, not feeling like anybody cares for, not being seen. Yeah. Someone's to blame for that. Yeah. And then they're like, and then there's this constant anxiety about, well, I think the, the idea of being seen mm-hmm. as it might, it, it's more narcissistic. I think with them, yeah. with the lot, with the quote lost boys who commit these acts the the need to be seen gets into that narcissistic level. Yeah, 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 yeah. That they want the eyes on. They not only do they just want to be part of a community. They want to be. They want to be an alpha, mm. but they don't know how. They don't know how to be. They can't, yeah. or they don't have the skills to be. And society tells you you have to be an alpha. Yeah, you have to be this strong, providing man. So then there's this disconnect. One, they feel lost, lonely, and isolated, but then they also don't know how to get what they want. They don't know how... They feel like they need to be an alpha, this mm-hmm. pro, this projection of what it is to be yeah. a man. And then all of that gets mixed up into... Resentment. Resentment. And yeah. then they blame others, but at the same time, they're insecure individuals, so they target soft targets, yeah. targets that can't fight them back. Why? Because what's the, what's the main thing they fear the most? Being being shown that they are as little as they think they are. That's why they target kids. Yeah, that's a good point. Because those kids aren't going to fight back. Those kids are not going to show them that they are as little as they think they are. Yeah. That is sad. Well, this has been illuminating. (laughs) A completely (laughs) depressing episode. That's okay. We're going to have them sometimes. Uh, Again, if you want to buy a keychain, let us know. We have them. They're yours. Represent the podcast. Tell your friends. Okay? Okay. All right, bye. Bye. You are gone.